0: Church, I'll preach if you pray for me, for energy. I'm 48. Some mornings I feel 84. What is up with that? And on the topic of age, I want to, uh, I want to give thanks to grandparents. This morning I was thinking about that. Jamaica, little person has grandparents that are making sure that she comes up in the house of the Lord, meaning whatever else she's doing, she's hearing praise. Olivia and Sierra. Olivia, you've grown up here. We've seen you from small to now. Oh my gosh. Wow. Olivia and Sierra are coming up uh, in the house of the Lord, and they're hearing about Jesus. It's just a part of their life. They don't know anything else. Our young people are here, some of them with grandparents, and I was thinking about that as we were singing this morning, and my grandparents were an integral part of my growing up, and they were my connection to the church. And were it not for my grandparents, I would have had no connection to the church. I have living grandparents, they're both in their 90s, my dad's folks, his mom and dad, they made my gratitude list. Okay, that was just a side note, that was for free. There was no extra charge for that. But the, uh, the main event is praise, which is really, I mean, let's be honest, it's a foreign concept to us, to our way of thinking, to our frame of reference, to our experience. But praise, along with giving thanks, they're kind of like fit together. They're interwoven together. And praise is about an exclamation of God's worth. And I was always a little bit kind of confused by that, and it didn't quite fit for me because I thought about it sort of from the other side of things like, does this God who is so great and so glorious and so amazing, does this God have a low sense of self that kind of needs to hear from us in in order to bolster God's own sense of who God is in the world? Is that how it is? because we think about that in in terms of insecurity, right, with people, like those people that always need to hear that they're doing okay, right, is because they're insecure. They need a lot of verbal affirmation. They need to know that they're okay, that they're doing all right. But that's not praise. That's, That's like some positive reinforcement. That's encouragement. That's given for the sake of the individual. And it's good for us to hear that we're doing well, right? It's good for us to receive praise and to have affirmation and to know that we're okay in the world and we need to have people do that for us. That's not how it is with God. That's not praise. God doesn't need to hear from us in order to feel good about who God is in the world. God knows that God is perfect in majesty, and matchless, and peerless, and wonderful. And it was, uh, it was a, a quotation from C.S. Lewis that helped me to understand praise and worship of God. And it was essentially this thought, I'm paraphrasing and using my own words, is that praise is for us, and it completes us, it forms us, and it helps us to talk about and to know who God is and to rehearse that. So kind of in the saying, in the doing of it, it reinforces for us who God is and it completes the joy that we have in God. Now maybe that sounds all sort of ethereal and out there for you, but I'll bring it down to a level of sort of human comprehension. Uh, You know, a couple of weeks ago now, I spent time with two of my sons. I have four. The two middle children were here. Isaiah, who lives in Nigeria, and Eli, who lives in Detroit. And we did a road trip together. Four days, four national parks, and we had a ball. We camped, we cooked, we hiked, we talked, we had a ton of time in the car. And if you've been around me, that's like all I've been talking about, right? Because the praise of that thing, the telling of it, kind of completes it and keeps the experience going and reinforces it. So I've been showing pictures of national parks, I've been talking about conversations that I had with my sons individually and together and fun things that we did and silly things that we did. And it's like that, right? You do something and it's amazing and you continue to talk about it and it continues to be amazing. It reinforces that for you. And it like continues the experience of joy that you have in that thing. That's how it is with God. Now, what I want to invite you to do, if you have a Bible or a device or any access to Psalm 138, if you can summon it from the universe onto a Jedi screen in front of you. What's that movie where the, uh, the screens are here and they're Mission Impossible? I don't know. My references are lacking. Psalm 138. And you know that the Psalms are... Israel's praise. They are the recorded, and we believe, inspired words of the Hebrew people, and they're written as a tutorial for us. It's kind of a how-to. Really, what's, what the book of Psalms is a prayer book. It's a book of prayers. A collection of praise from individuals and from the community. Some of them were just kind of like came out of somebody's personal devotional time. David wrote a lot of these down. They're reflection of his praise life. Others are like recorded. Uh, If it was in our time, then one of them would be like, great is thy faithfulness, because that's one that we sing together sometimes, or any of the one of the songs that we sing, some for private use, some for public, but all of them for our benefit, Psalm 138. My title says Thanksgiving and Praise, which is not inspired, that's editorial, and then of David, which is a part of the original text. We begin with uh, the first three verses, sort of the posture of praise or how we work our way into it. Uh, The beginning, and these are so sort of in and out of the categories that we would know and be comfortable with. Uh, It would be like it starts with community sharing, you know, where somebody grabs a microphone and says, I'm grateful for this. And then the psalm morphs into what we would consider private prayer, like we're addressing God In prayer and then that same psalm would like flow into singing time and worship time and and song and so we need to understand that they kind of flow in and out like that and and that's okay we're not necessarily comfortable with that that's not our frame of reference we do this in church and then we do this and then we do that and then we do this in private at home but Psalm 138 sort of kicks out those categories and invites us to see praise holistically. It begins with resolve, verse one. I give you thanks. That's like a statement of intent. That's like us saying, I will, for 30 days, keep a journal and write down five things every day that I'm grateful for. I give you thanks, O Lord, With my whole heart, the psalmist declares, David talks and speaks of his intention to holistically give praise and thanks to God. What does that mean with my whole heart? We tend to think about praise, right? Like in terms of the four songs that Deben leads us with, five on a Sunday morning, And the words that we say, that's praise. But the psalmist talks about holistic praise, including all of us, all of our emotion, all of our volition, all of our will, all of our intention, all of our misgivings, all of our goals, everything, every aspect, every part of who we are. Think about what might be the connection of praise to your sense of smell. Perhaps something that you haven't thought about. Did you know that there's different smells in the world? Right. Yeah, what part of your body? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was a reference to the children's moment. Okay. How about your sense of hearing? How might that lead to praise? touch. Tactile associations of that for which we're grateful. And how about taste? All right. Somebody said preach. Yeah. My whole heart before the gods I sing your praise. Verse 1 Verse 2. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. You have exalted your name and your word above everything. I bow down. Praise as a lifestyle consideration involves us bodily. What does that mean to praise God with your body, think about your posture. When I sit down and am relaxed. That puts us in a position to praise, right? Think about your body and the stress that we carry in our body and the tension and then all of a sudden you want me to just stop and praise. Right? Inhale, exhale. Think about at different times during the day. I just sort of stop sometimes and my shoulders are up. What does that mean? Right. Just let that out. At several points during the day I stop and think about the tension that I'm carrying. Relax. Praise God. Breathe in, breathe out. Posture. The Hebrews were were all about posture. Raising hands. Clapping. We clap, sort of. We got a little bit of rhythm. We're working on it. Clapping, percussion, dancing. The Hebrews danced. David took off all his clothes, danced naked before the Lord. Any volunteers? (laughs) David was so caught up, so enraptured, so enamored with who God was that. He forgot about everyone else. Somebody bring David a robe. He's lost his mind. That's how he gave praise to God. Think about posture in your prayer time. Think about lying. Prostrate before the Lord. Prostrate, not prostate. Prostrate before the Lord. Think about yoga. Pose, position, in prayer. Our Islamic friends pray, bowed down in a certain direction. Intentionality, incorporating our body. Think about a prayer walk. Some of you have experienced this. I know I've talked to you. About a, a walk, a stroll, at the end of the day. Thoreau used to do that, right, in New England just go walk in the woods and look at stuff and think about, and it's easy to make that connection to our faith. God, I give you praise for everything that I see on this stroll, on this prayer walk, along the coast, on the beach. Alameda Beach is so close. Just park your car if you can find a spot and go for a walk, take your shoes off, feel the sand incorporate all of your senses praise verse three on the day i called you answered me you increased my strength of soul this is about what prayer does for us what praise accomplishes in our life why praise is for us on the day i called verse 3 is kind of a backward reflection And it can begin that way in our prayer, in our meditation, in our thinking time, the things that God has done for us and how we're grateful for that. Back then, God, you did this. And look, verse 3, you increased my strength of soul. Praise builds character into us. There are people in this world who are deep, who have a character that's just seemingly to us unassailable. You know the kind of person that I'm talking about. That person that's rock solid. Guess what? God did that. And that person was formed over years and a lifetime through adversity, through joy, through heartbreak, through tragedy. But God did that. God gives us Depth as we approach Him in prayer. God makes us deep people. Praise remembers that and recognizes that and acknowledges that God gives us depth. Verses four through six, and it's hard to look at and organize a psalm analytically because, again, they just don't work like that. They start here and they go there and they sort of defy our rules of bullet points. The psalms aren't bullet points. But we preach them like that anyways. Nothing stops us. (laughs) Verses 4 through 6. Talk about praise sort of spreading outward like concentric circles, you drop a stone in a still pond, right? And what happens? You have that ripple effect. That's what happens with praise. Verse 4, all the kings of the earth shall praise you, Lord, for they've heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from afar. All the kings will praise. Think about that. All the world rulers will praise. All the peoples will praise. Because they've heard about and they've seen and experienced the words of God Through us, right? This is about testimony. God makes deep people. God increases the strength of soul so that it becomes known to others. It becomes apparent. It's a part of our lifestyle. We become followers of Jesus. Our lives become increasingly a reflection of his life. We're better people in the world and folks see that, and then they turn in praise to God. That's kind of how it's intended to work, that our lives become a reflection of the glory of God. And it's sort of that, that saying you've heard, you're the only Jesus that they'll ever see. So what are they seeing in our lives? It's not a call to perfection, but it's a call to understanding our place in the world. As we give praise to God, as our character grows, as we become increasingly people that reflect accurately who God is, then other people will give him praise. And verse 6, I love that. that just spend time with verse 6. The Lord is on high, he regards the lowly. The people whose lives are the most magnificent reflection of the glory and the majesty and the praise of God are not high-profile people. They're not folks you're going to see on television. They're not people that are impressive the ways that we consider what it means to be impressive. They're just ordinary folks who are slugging it out through life but who have a sense of genuine humility and authenticity and lowliness. Just like they're right-sized in the world. They're not calling attention to themselves. They're not self-promoters. They're probably not even in the public eye. They're just those kind of folks that you might not even notice. Those are the people with whom God is connecting in magnificent ways. The quiet ones, the shy ones, the folks behind the scenes who are carefully and consistently developing this depth of character through praise because their quiet little lives are lived as a reflection of their gratitude and praise to God. That's what it's all about with them. And those kind of folks, you don't even know it, but their life might just be this sort of running dialogue. They have an ongoing conversation with God. I thank you for this. I praise you for that. God, I'm grateful for this opportunity. So somebody might see an inconvenience in life and be so frustrated. God, why did you put this in my way? My day was going so wonderfully. And then somebody else is going to see that exact same thing and say, God, I thank you for the challenge and for what you're helping me to see through this. Someone might say, man, that person at work is so frustrating. I, I just thought life would be so much better without so-and-so. And the other person says, God, thank you for so-and-so. Keeps me on my toes. Encourages me to stay on top of things. And keeps me on. You see the difference? It's like world shattering. And it happens through the discipline of prayer and thanks and it's retraining the way that we think. That's what we're doing through this 30 day experience with gratitude. You see how the Psalms meander? And how I meander? Maybe I'm excusing myself, but I just, once you get in here and Look at it. God the lowly. Okay, verse 7. We're going to land this plane. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me, Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Most of my time this week, my prayer time, my reflection time was on these last couple of verses because verse 7 opens up again the context for praise as adversity. Look, though I walk in the midst of trouble, Here's the praise. Here's the resolve. Here's the reflection of thanks. God, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. In other words, even when life sucks, God is in the midst of it. Isn't that amazing? Easy to see God when the sun is shining, right? But when the storm comes, when we experience adversity, financial reversal, a a relationship, heartbreak, someone disappointing us, someone frustrating us, getting fired, having to transfer to where you don't want to transfer, anything like that, anything that we experience, God is in the midst of it. Would you say amen? God is right there with us. And our challenge is to perceive God's presence. In the midst of life's chaos. And that's what verse 7 affirms for us. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you, God, preserve me. You stretch out your hand, your right hand delivers me. Okay, here's the thing. Sister in the Lord and brother, you can have confidence. That no matter what you're experiencing in life, God is with you in it. God's presence guides you, protects you, looks out for you, helps you in the midst of. But look, God is up to something in your life, something strategic, something very purposeful. Verse 8, the Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. For starters, God has a purpose for you. So if that's uh, if that's big news to you, drink it in. God's up to something in your life, specifically, strategically, individually. You. This is where we have to stop and recall that I am a child of God, and I am loved, and I'm valued. And I'm known, and God is up to something for me, specifically, strategically. Think about it. You, as a parent, as family, as aunties and uncles, you have people in your life, and you love them, you accept them, and you have big dreams, plans, hopes for them, right? And you spend your life pouring into their lives and investing. That's just how it is with God. You are God's kid. You are loved, valued, and God has a specific strategic plan for your life. Wouldn't you like to know that? Take it in, mama. It's true. God is up to something in your life, and verse 8 gives us the assurance, the affirmation that God will fulfill his purpose for my life. God, your love endures forever. And then it ends with a plea. Things might have been pretty rough in David's life at this moment, this snapshot in time. He he says, do not forsake the work of your hands. Is that a reflection of doubt? Perhaps. Is that a reflection of uncertainty in David's life? See, the Psalms give us affirmation. They tell us, man, this is true. God is up to something. But the Psalms also account for are what we would consider our weaker moments, our lesser moments, our times of questioning and uncertainty and doubt or even outright rebellion. Let's be honest, our lives include all of that, right? I, I come here and I talk and I share this very authoritatively and you think, man, I just I wish I could be like, great like that. Guess what? I'm great for 20 minutes right, on Sunday morning. And then I walk out and my life is just like yours, filled with challenges, riddled with doubts and and uncertainty. I need your prayer. I talk a good game. It's tough. We have challenges everywhere. You don't have to look that hard. Affirm God is in the midst of it. Pray, God, don't leave me right here. This is tough. I am challenged. I'm challenged in so many ways. Just like all of you. We are human beings. Actually, we're spiritual beings. Right? Having a human experience. You've heard that. We are spiritual beings. God is building, developing, shaping us in ways for his purpose. And how does he do it? Through praise. I want you increasingly to talk about what you're seeing, how you're perceiving the world. I want you to see challenges and flip them upside down. I want you to see God in the midst of your life, in the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. I want you to experience and experiment with praise. It is what we do on Sunday morning with Devin. But it is so much more, so all-encompassing, so much a part of us. I want you increasingly to experience praise as a lifestyle and to acknowledge that through the act of giving praise, God is forming you, shaping your soul, making you into a person of depth. Am I right? Okay, let's pray. God, the Holy Spirit, you are teacher. You give us words, you form ideas and uh, lessons, and through you we, we perceive the world, we take in information, we process it. We want to be, we want to be not just windows through whom information and perceptions pass, God, we want to be magnifying glasses. We want to be reflectors of of what is good. We want to see Holy Spirit with your eyes. We want you to give us vision, sight, perception. Help us to hear, sense, feel, taste, touch, your glory, your majesty in this world really, God, we're looking for perspective. Like Thoreau, we don't want only to see God, but to perceive what you're doing in this world, in our lives, through us. Help us to help one another, to be encouragers of the other, to be compassionate and strong when our friends are weak. God, give us the compassion of Jesus as we live in this world. We thank you. We give you praise in Christ. Amen.